1: everybody and welcome back to Circling Seattle Sports on Converge Media. I am your host as always, Charles Hammaker, joined by Bella Garcia virtually. Uh, it's an interesting week. I, I You know, I got to get away from that. I always say it's an interesting week here uh, in the Seattle sports newscape. You know, Brianna Stewart is headed to the New York Liberty, which, you know, obviously is the dagger in a lot of uh, fans' hearts around the city here. The Mariners, uh, we've got some exciting news on their front as uh, Belle and I were at the pre spring training media event uh, that was held on this last Wednesday. The Seawolves began their preseason. The oil rain are down in their preseason as well. And we finally know when the NWSL schedule will be announced. Uh, the Sounders took place in the Club World Cup, which was historic, but their uh, result ultimately wasn't too historic. Uh, again, there's so much going on, and it's so exciting as we approach the spring that all of these teams will be in the mix and, you know, all I think seven of them will be playing at the same time, and the only one not active will be the Seahawks because they, you know, are a winter thing. So we're going to start with our, our usual with our Seahawks. There's not really much going on, but we do have some key dates to note uh, for the NFL offseason. I know that for some, the offseason is long and tiring, and we don't know when things will happen. But events are going to come up pretty soon that will sort of uh, give you that that uh, Seahawks info that you're going to need to hold you over. Uh, for the offseason, some key dates to note, considering that Seattle uh, has some has some draft picks, some draft capital uh, to take advantage of. So, Bill, why don't we look at some of those key dates?
2: Yeah. In a very short segment here, our offseason dates to note for our Seahawks, um, the NFL scouting combine will take place the 28th, February 28th through March 5th. The 2023 NFL Draft is slated for April 27th through the 29th and the 23-24 schedule releases in May. So a few key dates there and we'll move into some league news now. Um, Tom Brady has retired again and this time he says it's for good. So... We'll see if that states true, but um, the other note we have here kind of insinuates that this time he might actually stay retired. <laughs> um, on another, another news here, the Eagles assistant coach will make history in this year's Super Bowl. Autumn Lockwood becomes the fourth woman to coach in a Super Bowl and the first Black woman to do so. So kudos to Autumn, and we hope to see many follow after you. Uh, As I stated here, more news on Tom Brady. On the 6th today, it was announced that he will be joining Fox in 2024 to start his broadcasting career. That about wraps us up, unless we have some additional comments from you, Charles.
1: No, it's... Hopefully Tom hangs it up for good. There was this whole thing where he retired on a beach in Florida now that someone went over and bottled up uh, some sand from that beach and it's on eBay for like a $100,000. So I don't know, that's just all ridiculous. Um And I, uh, yeah, I remember when he first retired, I was sitting here and I was like, I don't know, man, I, I don't believe it yet until I see it. And what happened like a few weeks later, you know, so uh no, nothing outside of that, unless you've got, you know, you're going to put a bet down on if he comes back or not.
2: No, I think he uh, stays retired this time, hopefully. <laughs> um, so I think we could pass it off for you uh, to you for our exciting Mariners segment.
1: All righty. So we had uh, the honor, Bell and I, this past Wednesday to attend the Mariners uh, pre-spring pre training media event. Converge Media was personally invited. We want to thank uh, Sarah Alamshaw with the Mariners for helping get all these things set up. Uh, it was it was a great time cal raleigh was there talked about the excitement of being back in the building new addition to oscar hernandez uh spoke to the media as well there's all this great stuff but what stood out most to us was the announcement of this partnership with el1 sports about the mariners training center uh we were able to speak with Aaron Trulia and Jamil Conte about this partnership with the Mariners, a multi-year partnership, and how it also affects Baseball Beyond Borders. Baseball Beyond Borders founder, Buki Gates, was there. We got to speak with him as well. It was all just really exciting to see how these facilities will be able to give access to those who don't necessarily have those resources to play the game of baseball, as well as to just even begin that idea of playing baseball, to start the idea to give them this option, hey, maybe this is sport you want to play. It was all very exciting to hear about. And it's just great to see the Mariners involved in the community like this to get people out there playing the game of baseball. So without ado, to do, uh, why don't we take
0: a look at that? One of the definitions of team, which is a group of individuals with complementing skills that's required to complete a task or ball. So we kind of look at that as kind of how we've set this up and seeing who are the individuals, which organizations we partner with that have complementing skills um, to really complete that tasking goal of you know equitable access to all these kids. I think a tangible goal that I know we want to see is that kids have access to playing the game, right? More and more kids are participating and getting engaged in baseball and softball efforts. It's gonna be an important step to not only focus on our kids, but also to look at how we can empower coaches and really use that and use the EO1 model as a resource point to develop our coaching staff and make sure that we continue to have the representation so that those kids who are our target market they also see themselves in this game. This RBI regional tournament is the platform that allows these kids to take their game to that next level and to compete at high levels. The true core of what EL1 his and who we are is collaboration, right? And so we wanted to unite the baseball softball communities for years, um, and again, to partner with the Mariners to do that with with their brand, their history, um, and this excitement around the team, and that, I mean, everyone's come together. We saw that the, the market was extremely fragmented. Um, the costs were through the roof. Um, We believe that there is a more efficient and a better way to do it. We saw um, lots of volunteers that are well-intended and great people that lack resources, um, bandwidth uh, to execute in their communities. And so we decided to build something um, in service to that. So we actually offer uh, many back office services programs to really support organizations from the Little League level all the way through uh, training facilities. So partnering with the Mariners and having five training centers is just the beginning. Um, We're actually providing access through our mobile program as well. I believe we have almost 90 events scheduled throughout that five-state region uh, to bring baseball and the Mariners to these communities that might not have access to make it to one of these facilities. We want to bring everyone inside, metaphorically, and just from a standpoint of being making sure that everyone has access and opportunities to come and be a part of the, the training centers. Our commitment to Baseball Beyond borders is to work with them from the beginning, no, we want them to be a part of what we're doing and that's why they're here right now. Uh, so we can do this from the start. There's no misconceptions, there's no misunderstandings. We walk through this and we're aligned, not just as zl one but the mariners hanging Padgett centers, uh, the Mariners and then with Baseball Beyond Borders. So this is the first step uh, in the right direction that allows inclusivity in our practice to be able to really build upon our baseball and softball model than Baseball Beyond Borders and ensure that communities are centered and that they have the direct access to be able to create a sense of belonging. I think it's important that they now have a power of place that they can go be who they want to become. And this partnership, this collaboration, this team effort that I think EO1, Seattle Mariners and Baseball Beyond Borders is moving towards is going to be a catalyst to help really increase baseball and softball access here in our region.
1: As someone who grew up playing in the muddy, covered fields, you know, here in Seattle with with the weather, I know, Bell, you know, we think about the weather, here. not not exactly the most ideal for the conditions for baseball at the time. Uh, to see this is really exciting. I want to thank uh, Nova Newcomer as well with Mariners Care. Nova has helped us out greatly, whether it is with this or with the introduction of the class of 2027 for the Hometown Nine during the course of the season. Uh, this is all just really cool to see this partnership. And with Buki, it was great to hear the words first step. Right. Because it's obvious that the Mariners uh, have greater plans for the continued commitment to the youth in this community and the growth of the game of baseball. Um, What what excited you most about all of that?
2: Um, I just access um, coming from a smaller town myself. And not having resources can really just take you out of a sport. So giving them resources, giving them these training centers, the ability to practice a sport that they like, or even just um, you never know what uh, some situations are at home. So being able to just get out of your home space and do something that you like, an activity that you like, it's just great that they're expanding and that the Mariners have collaborated with them because they know how important it is to give access to these youth. So that was, yeah, that was everything.
1: Yeah. And, you know, um, it's I'm really excited to get out to one of these facilities Uh, at some point in time. I know that they have five around the Western Washington area. And uh, speaking with Jamil, I know that El one Sports has plans with the Mariners to expand that into their their TV sort of market in those five states of uh, Washington, Oregon, Mm -hmm. Idaho um alaska shoot i could be missing a, 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 the fifth one there but the point is made so no that was it was very exciting to to hear about that um and we had uh, some other stuff that was taking place at the mariners pre-spring training event again it was it was uh very fun to be there with cal raleigh teoscar hernandez uh in front of these this, this group of the media uh greg green the uh, mariners executive Jerry DePoto, Justin Hollander, a, a bunch of baseball-related stuff. There was stuff about promotions, like giveaways. There will be a Julio Rodriguez Funko Pop, a J.P. Crawford Funko Pop, a cowboy hat. I'm very interested to see what that entails. <laughs> um, but then also you some updates. the
2: crossbody.
1: Oh, the crossbody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I haven't had one of those before, but it, I, I might be interested to get one of those, honestly. We'll see. Um, but updates on Mariners, uh, all of that is covered. We have that covered, as well as the uh, some information, more information on the Mariners training center. Uh, if you go to the blog site of Converge, uh, if you head to the blog, there is inf- there's an article that we've done on the training center itself, and interviews with Buki Gates, uh, with Baseball Beyond Borders, Aaron Trolia, and Jamil Conte with EL1 Sports, as well as a. It's, it's a, it's a hefty breakdown on the rest of the day there as well. Uh, I don't know about you, Bell, but Buki was, Buki's out there styling. I mean, I wish I had style, you know, I, I, I don't, I mean, if you see me at any of these games, it's like, I'm wearing khakis, man, you know, but it, no, it was a lot of fun to speak with those guys um, and to really get that story, you know, that's, that's rooted to our community. Right. And circling Seattle sports, what we're doing here and, and obviously converge as well is is rooted in, Seattle community. So, um, to move on with the rest of our Mariners segment here, some roster moves over the course of the past week. Nothing too crazy, but it's always funny with some of these roster moves when guys come in and then, like, a week or two they're out later. Um, The Mariners claimed uh, left-handed pitcher Taylor Sacedo, the 29-year-old, has appeared in 33 major league uh, games with Toronto over the course of the last two seasons uh a zero and zero record with a 5.4 era 17 earned runs over 28.1 innings pitched with 11 walks and 19 k's he was claimed off of waivers by the mets from toronto on the uh, 9th of november last year and then dfa'd uh, by the mets on january 24th Uh, he's also a local product so he's from around the area here Uh, as a corresponding move to this the team designated uh Right handed pitcher JB Bukowskis for assignment. So Bukowskis spent a few weeks here, but he was uh, over the past week uh, outrighted to Triple A Tacoma and will be a non roster invitation for spring training. Speaking about those non roster uh, invitations for spring training, this is always the fun part because you never know if any of these guys will make the roster. Usually not. Usually it's to see some of these younger guys uh, that are exciting that we'll get into, uh, see what kind of where they're at um at spring training they likely you know m- won't make the opening day roster but maybe we see them uh, over the course of the regular season uh so we'll with that we'll go into the 32 before bukowskis was added 32 non-roster invitation players for spring training starting with pitchers um nick margavichis tommy malone justice sheffield blake wyman taylor dollard emerson hancock travis coon darren McCagan i Bryce Miller, Riley O'Brien, Jose Rodriguez, Ryder Ryan, Casey Sadler, Taylor Williams, and Brian Wu. So those there, there's some interesting names there. Um in the pitchers specifically, I haven't even gotten to the rest of the position groups, right? Uh, something that a lot of Mariner fans have been interested about is whether one of those pitchers like Dollard, Hancock, or Miller may crack the starting rotation by the time we hit opening day. This would obviously mean a move regarding Marco Gonzalez. I know that during that meeting that we were out on Wednesday that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. right? said that uh, Gonzalez and Chris Flexen are kind of battling out that fifth roster spot and they would not go to a six-man rotation again. Uh, Justin Hollander joked to not say that around the guys, to not incite a riot. Um, but uh, it's it's very interesting to see if one of those guys will crack the rotation rotation in a similar way to last year where Matt Brash was able to crack the opening day rotation, later moving into the bullpen. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm very interested. Hancock's a highly regarded prospect. Bryce Miller's been gaining a lot of attention over this offseason. Uh, Taylor Williams, even a guy uh, that spent the end of the year in A Tacoma after joining the team. Williams has also got a funny story. Um, he was involved in the, uh, one of the trades, one of the few trades the Mariners have made with the Padres over the course of the last two years. And so the Mariners sent Williams down to San Diego And he's ended up back in Seattle. So it's, it's, I don't know, kind of funny to note that, but yes, I'm, it's very interesting to see if one of those three pitchers might crack the roster. Um, by the time we've we've gone through spring training so uh with that we we'll go to catchers here this is the position group i'm the most excited for uh and and for one guy that's on the screen right now so the catcher's list is obviously jake Anchia, harry ford jacob nottingham brian o'keefe and matt sheffler now harry ford not to be mistaken for harrison ford um i i think i've excuse me i think i've told bell this before but Immediately when he was drafted by the Mariners, I noticed something interesting about Harry. His positions listed were catcher and center field. That just tells you the versatility that Ford has. And that's why he's got me excited. He had he had a solid year uh, last year, and I'm really hoping that he ends up in Everett to begin the year this year for the Aqua Sox so that we can get some coverage out there. I know someone I've been uh, poking the idea of having someone – go out to Everett for some of these Aqua Sox games. And that's exciting. Uh, some will go further into uh, later on, but I'm very excited to see Harry Ford and what he might bring um, amongst those names. Brian O'Keefe spent uh, some of the last few games of the regular season with the Mariners uh, when Seattle was dealing with injuries Bron- Jacob Nottingham is another one of those guys that had an interesting, uh it's like the meme from The Simpsons where Abe Simpson comes into the restaurant and he puts his hat on the rack and then takes it immediately off and circles back out of the restaurant. Nottingham was claimed off of waivers by the Mariners and they were like, him and the Brewers played ping-pong with Nottingham. It was, it was again, it's always funny to see some of the transactions that happen at Major League Baseball levels or even Major League levels in general. So that, heading over to the infielder spot. Um, nope. Hmm. Well, I apologize. I don't seem to have that. Uh, infielders, Jose Caballero, Drew Ellis, Mike Ford, Mason McCoy, uh, Colin Moran, Caden Polkovich. Leo Rivas and Jake Shiner round out the infielders list there. And the outfielders, not nothing too surprising necessarily. Zach Deloach, Jack Larson, Robert Perez, and Alberto Rodriguez, who was actually uh, removed from the 40-man roster just a month ago. So again, all of these guys, a lot of this is minor leaguers. Uh, some of these guys are veterans that are looking to crack the roster, guys that the Mariners might be kicking the tires on. Uh, spring training spring is fun, man. You know, again, I joke about playing center field from uh, Drew Fogarty and, you know, hearing that at the ballpark every single day. I guess he's excited. I'm excited to be back. You know, I know Bell's excited, you know. Oh, yeah. we're waiting on a few schedules so that we can divvy out where our coverage will be. Thank you, NWSL. Um, I'm just excited to get back to the ballpark. I don't know about you, but it, it'll be a lot of fun. And we don't have to wait too long for games because the first Mariners spring training game takes place on the 24th of this month. So, just get to the end of the month. Um, our last piece of Mariners news is that the day of that pre uh, pre spring training event, the it was later on in the day. It wasn't the same day. Uh, the team signed. Super utility man, Dylan Moore, to a three year extension signing for eight point eight, seven, five million dollars. No, there are no options in the deal for him to avoid arbitration, which uh, will include escalators to make that deal up to nine million dollars. Uh, there what is a buyout one? Uh, for one free agent year last year, Moore had a three six eight on base percentage and played seven total positions. Uh, over the course of two thousand and twenty two. Oh, that's not how I wanted to be. Dang it. Um, I don't. What did what did you see for Moore last year? I'm I'm a little split on the guy. He's <laughs> he's been viewed as a potential uh in house option for the Mariners at the second base spot and hasn't necessarily panned out at that you know he's had flashes defensively he's been able to make some really great plays defensively uh but i think i think he he fits the super utility role best and i say super obviously i just mentioned the seven positions played in 2022 you know they they've thrown him out in the outfield before Uh, i think he played third base one of the last few games of the season when gino uh was actually injured he stepped in for jp crawford at shortstop before uh, second base is kind of where he, he stays. Um, I don't know what, 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 what were your thoughts on more uh, when you were able to witness it last year, Bell?
2: Uh, I think I just need, and I, this might come from like the whole team, but I just need some more consistent offense. Um, mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to just think back to last season. And I don't think that there were super huge moments where Dylan Moore, um, it was like kind of inconsistent when he was at bat. So yeah, that's it. I just, I need some consistent offense, consistent offense from this guy, or from these guys. I'm sorry. And um, it sounded like that's kind of what the team goal was as a whole from that same media day on Wednesday. So hopefully we just, we see improvement. And when I think super utility, man, the, if I'm being honest, the first name that comes to my head, and that might be because of his performance late in the season, but Sam Haggerty. So yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's fun to be able to have two guys like that on your roster. Right. And I I really like that you brought that up uh, about consistent offense and that being mentioned in the pre-spring training event. Thank you for that. That's great Mm -hmm. because Scott service did talk about that heavily. You know, it talked about how there were ruts that this team got in. And it's, it's something that we actually talked about in our articles. If you go to the blogs and you look at the, even sometimes later in the season, Right? There would be games where the Mariners are hammering home runs, uh, they put up double-digit runs on the board, and then there's the game after where they, they put out one and they barely get the ball out of the infield. You know what I mean? So that's that's a big thing, and I know that, you know, we talked about Tay Oscar, the head of the Mariners section, uh, general manager Justin Hollander really preached that he's a true middle-of-the-order guy that's going to be able to extend that, who's got power. To be able to put one over the fence to get this team kind of rolling again. Uh, Colton Wong is somebody who's he, they talked about. He's a very he's not he's he's very different from Teoscar in terms of how his his bat is more of a, a contact guy, get on base kind of guy. And you need that though, you know. Uh, we've we've got a friend uh, watching who's a big proponent of the former second baseman from last year, and Adam Frazier. Uh, Frazier again was uh, he he did have some hot streaks, but again the consistent offense game kind of went to. Just about everybody, you know, Ty France, uh, who I'm a big fan of at first base, and Ty France still de- deserves more love. Um, he dealt with some injury stuff and he was con- inconsistent here and there. A-, a lot of the like the main majority of this team, like you said, n- there was no one you can really look at and say he was consistent the whole year, right? So I think that's a it's great to bring that back up. Um, before we switch gears to our storm segment that's got mixed feelings um do you have anything else that you'd like to leave on from whether that's the meeting or anything to note as we approach spring training is approaching here it's like it's like uh the meme that i'll post during mariners games where the mariner moose is in the rear view mirror and it says objects are closer than they appear do you have anything to uh to leave off on
2: I just want to thank the Mariners organization and our Converge team who was out there on media day on Wednesday. Um, you, of course, myself, Matthew and Liv um, just really helped make it possible. And of course, the EL1 guys, Aaron and Jamil and Bookie from BBB for taking time to speak with us and just make the the day overall great.
1: I would, I would echo that sentiment. I mean, just to talk to Aaron and Jamil, you know, that was, that was really fun to learn more about that two local guys. Aaron is actually a former Mariners prospect. Buki, I, I've been meaning to meet Buki. I haven't been able to do so until then. Uh, so it was great to speak with him, hoping that we can we can work on some more stuff going forward. And I, I, again, I really am. I want to go out to one of the facilities. I know there's one uh, here in Seattle, so it, that one shouldn't be too hard to find. Um, again, just a reminder that Mariners catchers, pitchers and catchers, I tried to combine them there, Uh, pitchers and catchers report on february 16th so we're getting closer that first game is on the 24th Uh, now the the segment begins um well injury news the segment doesn't begin too hot but personally i have got a take on on this storm roster currently so bell why don't we just go over I, I, i won't get in the way too much let's talk about uh the storm Offseason free agency is in full force things are going on right now i've got an email about uh, an official deal going on so why don't we just head over to our storm
2: okay yeah just like um the segment doesn't start so hot neither did the storm in free agency um on the uh, i'll go into some injury news here first on the sixth it was announced um by a good friend of us rowan that mercedes russell is fully cleared and we are expecting her to be a full participant at of- the the start of camp. So that's a good sign. We know Mercedes was struggling with that injury all season. It was like a will she won't she play and she just had symptoms that carried on throughout the whole season that never really went away. So it's good to see that she's making progress. And now we'll go over to our free agency news here on the first Stewie in a video announced that she would be leaving Seattle to join the New York Liberty after six seasons with the Seattle Storm. Uh, I'm at a loss for words. Did you hope that she like had done it in a different way? Like, what did you think about the process of which she announced?
1: Um, some I think is important to note is is that I mean, you see the instant reaction, and I remember I was actually getting breakfast uh, before the Mariners pre spring training event and i I opened instagram off of a whim there was no notification that i got i just opened instagram and i'm like oh stewie posted what and you see that seafoam green that they've got uh, for the liberty and you're like oh man and it's just like your heart sinks but the instant reaction was just sort of anger you know i know there's a lot of anger people were like like 30 minutes to an hour after she had posted it, people were like, Oh, why is she? Why is she saying Seattle yet? Where's the farewell thing? I'm like, Hold on, you know, give it a sec. Cause she posted it the next day. Right. It's like, I, I think there's some anger towards Stewie that I don't understand. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, you have to take these athletes' lives into, into note. And I talked about this in last week's segment. Did I not, you know, with her partner, Marta. Uh, her family being in Spain, it's an easier trip for her there. Stewie's from the region where the, the Liberty play. Uh, I mean, Stewie's always kind of been a big time player. Where else to go to be a big time player but New York City, right? Uh, with, with this opportunity, I'm, I'm, I'm sure... That at times throughout the course of the last few years, obviously not 2020 when the Storm were able to take care of them. But Mm Stewie has been upset with probably uh, frustrated with having to battle these incredible uh, aces teams Uh, and with with them acquiring Candace Parker and uh, Alicia Clark. Where else is going to give you a better uh, a better chance to battle that team? But New York, after they acquired John Quill Jones, they've got Sabrina Ionescu, uh, Benja Laney's still there. You know, now they've got Courtney Vandersloop After Stewie um, decided to head to New York, you know what I mean? So I'm I don't understand the anger. Please feel free to be sad about it. You know that makes a ton of sense. But to be mad at Stewie, I think is a little bit uh, ridiculous, and I don't really get it. So, you know, that's, that's my thing in terms of how she announced it, the emoji games were interesting. I'd like for her to like post a key so we could understand <laughs> what that all meant. Cause at some point there was like a caterpillar in it and I don't know what yeah. in the world that was about. Um, but, uh, I mean it was interesting you know to see all of that i won't necessarily say that i wish she'd do it a different way because i mean other than that um i don't know how she would have done it but yeah i i it's it sucks because again you think of all world players and we so often watch stewie being be one of one right her and asia wilson i think pokey chapman talked about it in one of the playoff after one of the playoff games those two are gonna cancel each other out, and then it's about everybody else and how they'll do their job. Yes. Just watching them throw haymakers at each other. Uh Stewie's, I believe it was a 40-point game we got to witness. I'm like, there is nobody that can touch her right now. And then Asia Wilson would come down the corner like, oh yeah, there's Asia. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's it's but here's the thing. It's all doomsday right now for a lot of Storm fans, right? It's like, oh. So Uh, Sue retired, Stewie's gone, we can't handle this. I like the moves that they've made and that with the news of who they've acquired, and we'll get into that in a second after we get your take on this Stewie stuff. Stewie stuff. Uh, We can't make that a trademark anymore because she's in New York (laughs) now. Um, But the the signings they've brought in in free agency and the two players that we're going to talk about that are coming back and just this... I I really like them, and I think this team can make a playoff spot. I'm not going to say they're going to go anywhere, but I really think that this team can push for a playoff spot. In 2019, they didn't have Sue or Stewie because of injury, and they did fight for a playoff spot. Now, they did have uh, Natasha Howard still on the team. I believe, I I think, uh, Jewel, Jewel. Stewie (laughs) and Jewel. Again, I'm trying to combine things today. And i believe alicia clark was still there so they some really talented players are still in that roster but I, I like what i'm seeing here and we might see you know the drafts coming up so i, I point being i don't think it's the end of the world you know right now obviously you're going to look to build a new core and this is a new era for seattle i mean jewel's still around but point made um but I don't think it's all, you know, doom and gloom. What it, what was your take on the whole the whole Stewie the Stewie saga? Uh,
2: she in her thank you note, she um, gave a special little thank you to Joel and Sue, and part of me just wondered if she had made the move last year had Sue retired then, um, just because it felt like a lot of her tie to staying with the Storm also kind of tied into Sue Bird. Um, of course, she's been a mentor to her, and Stewie got emotional several times last season, speaking about it being Sue Bird's last year. So just kind of wondered if that factored in. But, I mean, she gave us six seasons. What more can we ask for? She won two championships with the team, and, yeah, I don't think you can be angry, but definitely sad.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what, I mean, a compl- <sighs> look at Stewie's Wikipedia page and the accolades tab you know i mean her and sue you know the the other interesting thing you bring up the note she said this isn't goodbye this is just it, it's like a temporary goodbye it isn't forever she said it's for now so i'm a return at some point who knows um but yeah you know i think when we talked about it last year actually with stewie visiting uh new york he kind of figured that with sue coming back for the one year it was like all right Let's ride for this last year. Russell Wilson uh, analogy there um, and and see what we can do. Right. And there were people that were upset with the general manager to Lisa Ray. Why didn't uh, you bring back Jordan Canada? You didn't have any rookies last year. You have to understand how this was like clear out the biggest example of pushing for a ring I've ever seen. Right. Yes. With beyond January, none of your rookies staying on Uh you know bringing in tina charles you had ezie magma was having a career year on pace for like a most improved player of the year award you bring tina in because you know you actually gave you the best chance to win um so yeah i i don't understand being mad at stewie i think that's ridiculous uh, i get being upset and sad about it but to be mad at her is no no i wouldn't i wouldn't take any of that but now it's it was it was very much like okay what does seattle do now what are we doing you know, because they were reportedly in on Stewie's now teammate. And then we found out that there was some more like it was like you take the dagger and you put it in there. You twist it with this news. So why don't we hear about that?
2: Yeah. And you twist it some more when reporters were out there saying that Courtney Vander was close to signing with Seattle and then instead chose New York. So um, we knew that they were kind of interchangeable where. That Courtney and Stewie wanted to play together, or vice versa. So, um, I think there was actually like a false report that said that she was going to sign with Seattle. Um, yep. And then they were like, wait, never mind. <laughs> so, and Courtney Vandersloot actually broke the news herself on Twitter saying, breaking <laughs> Courtney Vandersloot signing with New York Liberty. So, I mean, at that point, would it, did you feel like there was uh, no hope or did you look forward to what the storm? front office could do
1: moving forward. I had s- small hope that she might join here, you know, cause I know that New York now has to play the cap space game and deal with some of their current contracts, uh, to make all that money work. Um, I, I had small hope, but I, I kind of figured, you know, when we heard the news that they were like a-, a package deal, I was like, nah, she's going to New York. You know, there was a small part of me like, Oh, maybe, but no. <laughs> um, I was very much like, all right, what in the world are you gonna do to fill out this roster? Right? Because he had it was it was like the meme, uh the French the the Will Smith meme where he's in the, the living room and he's kind of like, where is everybody? Yeah. Um, <laughs> or even uh, the Vincent Vega meme where he's looking around, you know, it was Jewel and Ezzy under con well, no, Jewel and I think technically Sadies because Ezzy was a restricted free agent. And then these moves that we're about to get into happened and I felt a little bit better, you know, and that's why I I said what I did. So why don't we we look at some of these players that Seattle has brought in to move into the post Brianna Stewart, post Sue Bird era.
2: On the third, the team signed guard Kia Nurse to a two year deal. Nurse enters her sixth year in the WNBA in 2023 after being drafted number 10 overall by New York in 2018. She spent her first three seasons with the Liberty before being traded to Phoenix in 21 and has averaged 11 points per game, points to assists, 2.8 rebounds, and 0.6 steals per game in 121 games overall in four seasons. Nurse, who played collegiately at UConn, where she helped the Huskies to -to back-to-back championships in 2015 and 2016, had a breakout season in 2019, averaging 13.7 points, 2.3 assists, and 0.7 steals per game, all career highs. She was voted as a starter to the 2019 WNBA All-Star Game, becoming just the third Canadian to play in the All-Star Game. The team also signed guard Sammy Whitcomb to a two-year deal. Whitcomb makes her return to the Storm after beginning her WNBA career with Seattle in 2017 and winning championships with the team in 2018 and 2020. She was traded to the New York Liberty prior to the start of the 21 season, playing two seasons in New York. Whitcomb, a standout player at the University of Washington from 2007 to 2010, originally signed with the Storm as a free agent after earning a pair of MVP honors and team championships with the Rockingham Flames of the Australian State Basketball League in 2015, and 2016. uh, She's a career 36.7 three-point shooter, has averaged 6.7 points, 1.8 assists, 0.8 steals, and 2.3 rebounds per game over six seasons in the league. She has made 154 three-pointers in 115 games in four years with Seattle, ranking sixth on the Storm's all-time list and fifth with a 35.1% three-point percentage. The team is also expected to sign Arella Garantis, and expected to sign Kayla Charles. I'll pause there before moving on so that we could talk about our new additions.
1: Oh, well, I before I get to the news about Nurse and Whitcomb, the email that I got uh, as we were getting through the show here, getting ready to start, was that the storm made the, uh, the signing of Garantes official. So that move mm-hmm. has been uh announced by the storm you know charles has not been officially announced yet their agencies uh, announced them uh prior so if the agencies are doing it, it's it's usually pretty solid but we wanted to get it officially from the team before i gave you false information um so garantis is a second round pick by los angeles in the 2021 draft out of rutgers appearing in 25 games in her rookie season. Uh, has spent some so, so the, the the book on Garantes really is that she's had great international games. She's playing right now in Hungary, uh, mm-hmm. averaging fifteen point four points per game, eight rebounds, five assists, and one point six steals per game in Euro League play. Um, she's scored twenty plus points in her last three games, and uh, including a pair of twenty plus point sixteen plus rebound double doubles. The the book has kind of been that she hasn't gotten a fair shot yet in the WNBA. Okay, and I'm not comparing. But that was kind of what we heard with Gabby Williams. So, the theme that I've got, and and Jeff Brown with uh, his his uh, at on Twitter is WNBA Storm Chaser, I believe it is. I think you've met Jeff at, at some of these games. Mm-hmm. Is that these are diamonds in the rough? Now we look at Kia Nurse. and Nurse has been a great guard in the WNBA. Uh, some solid work in Team Canada. I know that Noah Quinn has worked with her in Team Canada. That injury obviously unfortunate to wipe out her 2022 season sammy would come hey i got i've got my husky hockey uh jacket on right now so i always love seeing my huskies around sammy is awesome uh she actually liked our tweets about the signing on twitter so thank you for that sammy uh but no to bring sammy back is awesome you know to lose members of that 2020 team like sammy like alicia clark it sucked you know, uh, but it was kind of a new, a new retooling for the team. So it's great to have sending back, you know, someone who went to the university of Washington, everybody seems to think she's Australian. She was actually born in the States and spent time in Australia. And I believe her partner is Australian as well. Uh, but no, just to have another shooter like that. I know something that, um, I, I could be forgetting, but we were looking for some consistent shooting from Seattle mm-hmm. as well throughout the course of the season. There were times where this team got hot, you know, from three and other times they couldn't buy a three pointer at the concession stand. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's it's great to have Huskies as always, you know, back here in the city. Um, but it's 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 very interesting with the signing of Garantes to see what, what this team is at right now. Right. Because there's no Stewie. Uh, Jewel is back as he's back, but with this largely new roster, it's going to be a lot of new faces, uh, right? You've got chances to prove to the W why you deserve to be here, right? With Garantes, Mm -hmm. even with Charles. I know that hasn't been announced fully yet, but looking at her, she had a great, pretty solid 2021 season with Connecticut. Uh, 2022 only played two minutes in one game over the course of the season. So these are players obviously that are looking to prove themselves probably to earn a bigger contract a better contract and just to prove that they can play right to prove that getting passed up on was a mistake you've got that opportunity now with this roster it wasn't like last year where the pressure's on you need veterans you need players you know are you need uh what's the word i'm looking for uh you know what I'm, I'm trying to say um you need players that you know are going to be able to contribute immediately you don't need to wait on development Stuff like that. So that's what I'm excited about. And I really think that this group right now, obviously, they need to fill out the rest of the roster, uh, but I think they can do that. So that's why I feel like this team could push for a playoff spot in 2023 um, once they fill things out, you know, and thanks. And that's also going to be in part to seeing this next person fill out. Uh, the center position, and really be able to take it over for the entirety of the season. And then when we wrap up the sort of team news and go to injury notes, the return of somebody else that we really didn't get to see over the at all, really. I mean, very sparingly over the course of the season.
2: Yeah, so we'll go into our re-signing here first. The team has officially re-signed Ezzie McVigor to a two-year deal. McVigor had a breakout season in 2020, 2020. 2020. sorry, 2020s there, starting 23 games while averaging career highs of 9.6 points, 5.6 rebounds, 1.8 blocks, and 0.9 steals per game. Her defensive numbers were impressive, finishing second in the league in blocks per game and in total blocks with 58. She recorded a career high seven blocks in a game versus Phoenix on May 14th, becoming one of just 15 WNBA players to block seven or more shots in a game. In addition, Magbegore scored in double figures in 16 games, including scoring 20 points twice and posted a pair of double-doubles. Magbegore, who turns 24 in August, has appeared in 85 games with the Storm over three seasons, helping the team to the 2020 WNBA championship. She scored her 500th career point on June 23rd of 22 versus Washington, becoming the fifth youngest player in Storm history to score 500-plus points. She is currently playing with Sopron in Hungary, where she is averaging 11 points, eight rebounds and a league best 2.1 blocks per game in 12 Euroleague games and 13.2 points, eight rebounds and 1.2 blocks through 13 league games in the Hungary A division. I am thrilled to have Ezzy back. I know that for when Tina first came to the team, it was like back and forth, like, is as going to get benched? Are we going to see them both on the floor? How is that going to work? Um, I don't want to, I don't want to say that bringing Tina in might've stunted as for some, I'm going to say it.
1: I fully think <laughs> okay. it did. Yeah. I mean, think about what we were looking at. Right. And I, I, I understand bringing in Tina and I wanted to bring in Tina. Right. It was, it was like my key in the off season when we looked at it last year. Right. But I, it, I, I mean, you can say that you don't, that's okay. But my opinion, I think it did. I, I fully think it did because, like you said, there was that uh, where I'm, there was there was no direction necessarily to begin with, and then fully was like, okay, Tina's going to start. You know, as, as he was really flourishing and hitting a groove, it was like, all right, I'm the starter. I'm this. You know, I'm great defensively, and then oh, my minutes are way down. All of a sudden, you know. So, I personally think it did. But you know, this is this is uh, probably one of the first keys even when you were going to have, if, if you were going to have through, it was getting, getting Ezzie back. And I'm glad, I'm really glad to have that because again, like you mentioned, I think you said it was some emphasis as he's 24, right? So uh, I think it did, but in terms of sending the growth there, this kind of derailing the track, the train on the tracks. Mm, yeah. um, but this is, this is like one of the like no brainer sort of moves to me.
2: Yeah, um, I'm thrilled. Like I said, I'm thrilled to have her back. Um, I don't think that obviously in any position when you're taken out of the starter position and getting more minutes, it's going to affect you some uh, quite a bit. So seeing her back and reclaiming her position, it's great news for us, especially with our league notes here on the 31st, we lost Somebody else from our 2022 season, Steph Talbot has decided to sign with the LA Sparks. So that ends her career here with the Seattle Storm. But we're looking forward to seeing what, like you mentioned, our roster is still a little um, slim. So (laughs) looking forward to seeing what other moves the Seattle Storm had.
1: So with that, uh, and oops, because of our timing, uh, Belle will be signing off now. So appreciate Bell chiming in on, you know, the, the Mariners pre-spring training event, uh, the training center, and obviously a, a, a hefty amount of storm news here, the beginning not so nice, uh, and then getting into, again, I'm excited about it. I don't know how you feel about their chances this year. Obviously, we've got to fill out the rest of the roster, but I feel positively about that, and I think that they can, I think they'll, they'll I don't like using this word necessarily. I think they'll be scrappy. I think they will. I think they'll be yeah. a team that if they're not going to go down easy.
2: Well, I'm bummed to not be included for the Seawolf segment this week, but I'm sure you've got all of our other teams covered. So I'll see you guys next week.
1: All right. So now from here, we will head over to our Sounders, who were taking part in in an historic event here as they became the first MLS team to play in the Club World Cup. They're out in Morocco uh, to play Egyptian side Al-Ali SC um, on February 4th. There we go. Unfortunately, they would fall in that game. Um, oopsie. One to nothing versus Al Ali. Our player of the game is defender Nuhu with a 7.4 match rating, one chance created, five clearances, two interceptions, and 11 recoveries. It was kind of a tale of two halves in this game. In the first half, Seattle dominated chances. Uh, they had eight shots to one for the Egyptian side of Al Ali. Um, there were a lot of. Good, but not great chances on net. Uh, but that sort of sense of the attack that you had, the pressure you were able to put on your opponent, things were good for the Sounders in that first half. In the second half, they had a nice opportunity in the 50th minute, so just kind of really fresh out of the gate, where young midfielder Josh Atencio was able to get a nice shot off uh, that went off of an uh, Alali defender and almost, almost, uh, snuck under Egyptian, uh, Egyptian uh, Al Ali goaltender Muhammad Al Shanawi. Um, but from then on out, it was just kind of it was a stalemate. You know, nothing going on really until the 87th minute uh, when Muhammad Afsha launched a shot that Stefan Fry might have gotten a finger on. Uh, looked like it went off the crossbar. Um, kind of bounced up into the box. Jeb Paulo went to head it out and it went right to Afsha, who had the volley. And the volley was going to go offline. It was going to go out of bounds. Probably wouldn't affected the play or they would have hit. It, it might have clipped Alex Rodon a little bit, but Rodon went to stick his foot out to block the shot. It took a weird bounce off of Roldan's leg. Stefan Fry wasn't ready for that bounce. And the goal went in to give Ali the lead in the 88th minute. And Seattle wasn't able to do anything in stoppage time, ending their run there. It's unfortunate. Uh, with the way things went. My big thing is the finishing for the Sounders. It's been an issue for them since the second half of the season. Excuse me. But I don't know. I, I would take more positive than negative from that. Again, this is an a historic experience for the Sounders. Um to take part in this event. You know, you've got to respect it no matter what fan uh of a, what what team you're a fan of around the MLS. Um and you could have argued, you know, maybe with a little bit of pre, more preseason, because, again, this team's coming in on, on short preseason, uh, short training, that they, they maybe could have been better and more clinical um, and beat this Egyptian side. And they could be playing Real Madrid in a few days, you know, but that's not the case. But again, it's not I, I wouldn't be mad at this at all. Uh, be sad about it. Sure. But considering that you were that you were that close again, 87th minute. um but I wouldn't be mad about it. I, w- I think that's silly. Um, so w- this was a topic last week, and it's the same photo, but we do have more of an update on Jao Paulo. So on the first, we found out that Jao Paulo would feature in Seattle's match in the Club World Cup. It's just the number of minutes that will fluctuate for him. He came in in the second half as a substitute um, for Seattle, and it was good to see that. The other news that we got, uh, on the day of the match was that Obed Vargas would not play against al ali, so hoping that the injury or re- uh, the injury news related to Vargas is not serious that's something long term that we'll have to worry about. Looking ahead for our sounders, they will play a preseason friendly against louisville city f c uh, that is to be determined the time and the place. It's uh, it's a preseason match for Seattle before. This, it should be their last one before they open the MLS regular season. Uh, but it's also not clear yet whether this match will be open to the public or not. So uh, a lot of questions on that. The only real thing that we know about that match is that it will be taking place on the 18th uh, and who Seattle will be playing against. So we will switch over now here to our Kraken, who... Um, As of today, are back from the all star break and we have some news out of um, practice this morning. But first, we're going to get through our news on the first of the month. uh, We found out that Vince Dunn was named the NHL's third star of the month for January. Uh, Dunn scored five goals, tallied 12 assists totaling in 17 points across 15 games in the month of January for the Kraken. He was tied for the league lead among all skaters with a plus 18 rating to lift the Kraken uh, from 5th place in the division to 1st. Uh, on the strength of an NHL-best 11-win, 3-loss, 1-overtime loss loss January. Dunn, who nearly doubled his scoring from his first 34 games of the season, uh, collected points in 11 of his 15 appearances, including a career-high 9 straight outings from January 5th through 19th. He also posted an even or better plus-minus rating 11 times, highlighted by a career-best plus-6 performance on January 14th against the Chicago Blackhawks. His 36 points are already a career high ahead of the 35 he compiled in 78 games back in 2018-19 with the Blues and matched uh, in 73 appearances last year with the Kraken um, in 21-22. This move, uh, this move, pardon me, this honor makes a lot of sense for Dunn. He's been on a tear all season long. He had a great January, obviously, and he's well in line for a big extension. Uh, The trade that we're going to talk about next has some people worried that Dunn is going to get moved or that Seattle might not want to pay him. So that's why they're going to move him. I don't think that's the case at all. I think people are just worried uh, with the trade deadline somewhat approaching, uh, which is in early, early uh, March. If, If you're Ron Francis, you're the general manager of the Kraken, it absolutely makes a ton of sense to extend Dunn keep the pairing the top d-man pairing of lars and lars larson i said his short name uh, larson and dunn together uh considering dunn's age his performance you know the experience that he's got already in his career i think it would be silly to do anything but extend vince dunn so that's my take on it there was some uh, debacle on crack and twitter this morning i think it's silly uh, which was which does relate to this trade that happened on the fifth. So the team traded for defenseman Jacob Megna with the San Jose Sharks. Seattle sends a fourth rounder of their choosing in this year's draft to San Jose for Megna. Seattle must decide which of their two fourth round picks they will send to San Jose by the fifteenth of June this year. Megna joins the Kraken having totaled a career best 12 points, 1 goal and 11 assists in 48 games for the Sharks this year. His 12 points and 11 assists are both ranked 4th among Sharks defensemen and he ranks 5th on the team in both blocks at 63 and hits at 75. So obviously he's bringing a physical aspect of it uh, to this team. He's 6 foot 6 as well so keep that in mind. According to Natural Stat Trick, Megna owns a 54.9 Uh percent Corsi rating, which is the fifth best mark among San Jose skaters. Uh, he's been particularly effective on the penalty kill for the Sharks. The Sharks PK percentage ranks at sixth in the league, uh, at eighty-two point six percent. Uh, Magna was on the second unit. Magna was first on San Jose in relative uh, goals for percentage on the penalty kill. Uh, relative relative goals for percentage percent compares to the percentage of shot quality against a team generates. A quality a team generates when players on the ice are versus not. So the underlying numbers for uh, Magnon, the penalty kill are good. He's relatively bland on the offensive side of things, but it, it, it should be known that this is a depth acquisition. Seattle sends a fourth rounder. They've already got they've got two of those fourth rounders. Now they've only got the one. This is likely just a depth move. It was what Ron Francis called it in the press release about the trade. There's worry that Justin Schultz might be out longer than expected. He was practicing with the team today, so I don't find that at all to be true. Again, I I, I likely find this as depth. It's not like Megna's this big-name guy, uh, but this is a good depth piece and a fourth-rounder. to trade for them is is a pretty solid and should see some decent return from. I'm not going to say it's this big uh, diamond in the rough acquisition, but I think it's a pretty solid one that might go under the radar. So looking ahead, we have games to look forward to uh, this week. Uh, Four of them to be exact as Seattle begins a tough five game road trip. So Seattle sits at a 29 win, 15 loss, five overtime loss record at first in the Pacific division. They are at 61 points in the standings. They play February 7th at the New York Islanders with a puck drop of 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. February 9th at the New Jersey Devils at 4 o'clock. February 10th at the New York Rangers at 4 o'clock. And then February 12th at the Philadelphia Flyers at 10 a.m. So a tough stretch there playing against good Islanders, Devils, and Rangers team. And then a potential trap game against Philadelphia there on the 12th for an early start. So now we will transition over to our rain here. Not too much going on for the rain outside of the fact that they are in their preseason. I believe they just wrapped up their last sort of training session down in California before they will come back to the Seattle area. Um, but seven of those players total were named to their respective national teams for the She Believes Cup that is uh, approaching uh this year. So, oops. Oh, no, I did it backwards. Oh, I apologize. So uh, the five players named to the roster uh, for the She Believes Cup for the U.S. Women's National Team are Alana Cook, Emily Sonnet, Rose Lavelle, Sophia Huerta, and Megan Rapino, two players for Team Canada, in Quinn and Jordan Haitema. So nobody really surprising there. All of those players relatively um, are called up when the respective windows open up. But it's I had a friend of mine, Shea, uh, when we tweeted about this, kind of go like seven. I was like, yes, seven. And I just want to take this time to really shine a light on the fact that these world-class players, I talk about them and their respective national teams, these world-class players, uh, final, they're they're in Lumen Field. They're in a world-class stadium. It's, it's, it's not far. It's not like when they played in Tacoma, when they played at Shaney Stadium you've got the opportunity to watch these world-class players. I'd argue that the soccer that they play is better than the soccer that the Sounders play. Obviously that could draw ire and all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, but they deserve as much of your respect as the Sounders get. So I encourage you to be out there for that. We'll be at all of those home games, all of those home matches this upcoming season. Um, and I'd like to plan for that, but we finally get to do that. It was a, announced earlier this morning that the wait is over the end of this schedule will be released on wednesday february 8th so we'll finally have an idea to be able to plan for these games and get an idea uh, of who seattle will open the season against and all that sort of stuff uh, especially with the challenge cup being during the course of the season now so Now we will head over to our Seattle Seawolves who opened up their preseason in blowout fashion, uh, beating the American Raptors 47 to nothing on the fifth. Our player of the game is center Dan Creel. Creel had the first two tries of the match for Seattle off of some great passing. This was a really, uh, it it started off a little bit sloppy, what makes sense, you know, uh, a good amount of new faces on this team uh, for the Seawolves. And it's their first preseason game. You know, there's going to be some rust to shake off uh, for Seattle, but, in the first the first few minutes of the first half, Seattle was trying to get passes strung together. And it seemed to be that third one that they just couldn't connect on, whether it be the pass was dropped or uh, just wasn't on point enough. But then eventually, Inafuti was able to get some great carries, was rumbling down the field to set up Seattle in great position to be able to strike and Dan Creel was able to put the cherry on top to score those first two tries for Seattle. Uh, Then off of the scrum for the third try, AJ Alatimu was able to put one down to send us into halftime at 21 to nothing. The first 19 minutes of the second half were all scrums. So essentially, I I could at least count six of them over the course of those 19 minutes. So the pace of play was very much slowed down um, until Seattle was able to start a get rolling again. Uh, Duncan Matthews, Martin Yosefo, Carl Keen, and Lopeti Aasia all were able to score tries, uh, pushing us to a 47 to nothing victory. Six Seahawks players scored tries on the day, and three different players uh, were able to score kick conversions. Uh, so really nice effort all around to see that and again, the CEO seems going to be exciting if you like football or if you like soccer, this is both of those sports put together with hard hitting action. A lot of great personalities on this team. They play down at Starfire and Willow. So if you are traveling up to Seattle for games uh, for other sports teams, there's a team that you can come out to at Starfire Stadium. It's a great atmosphere. Seattle does a really good job of their atmosphere. Seattle has won the only team to go back to back, I believe, in the city actually in the city of seattle in terms of championships uh the sea wolves won their first two league titles uh immediately as the mlr began uh they almost won a third last year but fell to rugby new york now known as the new york Ironworkers, in the final um and and with the moves that they made this offseason, I really feel like this team can reach that stage once again. And our buddy Rocky the sea Wolf could have a third title belt uh, that he's going to have to carry on. I might have to help him carry that around, or he might have to wear one around his belt, um, carry two on his shoulders, maybe wear them all up and down his chest. I don't know. But it, just with the talent that this team added, I really think that they can battle for that. But we just finished the first game of the preseason. I'm getting ahead of myself. So on the 31st, it was announced that the team signed fly-half Jordan Chait. Uh, born and raised in Cape Town, Jordan attended one of South Africa's oldest rugby-playing institutions, the South African College High School. Uh, an accomplished water polo player, he first grabbed the attention of rugby scouts by leading SACS to a shock victory over powerhouse Pretoria School Affies, following in the footsteps of his father Anton, who played fly-half for the Western Province in the 1990s. Jordan was one of the standout recruits at the U18 Academy Week of 2015, earning a junior provincial contract with Western Province in the process. He enrolled at Stellenbosch University and quickly became a team leader, winning the 2019 Varsity Cup title. Most recently, Chait played for the Tel Aviv Heat in the Rugby Europe Super Cup. Chait was named in the shark side for the 2022 Curie cup premier division. Uh, a quote from director of rugby and head coach, Alan Clark, Jordan adds experience and competition to our fly half position. He has a good strategic understanding of the game with the ability to lead our attack through his quality pass run and kick skill sets. I'm sure everyone associated with the club joined me in welcoming Jordan to the Seawolves family. And we look forward to seeing him flourish on the field. So, I was just hyping up this team talking about the sort of ability they have up and down the roster. So all things being said, I want to take that into account. There's a lot of young players as well, a lot of young talent that's on this team in terms as well as veteran players who've got that experience. And I just think that's a great sort of combination for this team looking to win their third MLR title. So. That's all I'll say about that. I'll I'll stop gassing this team up now. Uh, Their next match is on Wednesday as they'll wrap up their preseason schedule. Uh, February 8th versus Seattle Rugby Club. That is at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Again, February 8th, which is Wednesday, 7.30. That is at Starfire Stadium in Tukwila. I hope to see some of you out there. If I do... Um, our buddy Rucky the Sea Wolf gave me Rucky the Sea Wolf, uh, gave me a few stickers to pass out to those that I see. So again, please feel free to come by, uh, come by and say hello. We'll now head over. I would stop by our Seattle Dra- Sea Dragons uh, section, but they've just continued to be in the XFL hub, continue to be in training camp. Um, they do start their season in two weeks. So I'm hoping that we'll get some news related there. We'll get some some roster decisions and such going on. But at the current point in time, there's nothing really to report on our Dragons and they just continue to be at the XFL Hub in Texas and continuing to train. We'll head to Star of the Week. I went with Vince Dunn. I just thought that his performance over the month of January was stellar, as you can see him in this photo at the Kraken Super Skill Showcase shot by Liv Lyons. Uh, Dunn's been an incredible player for this team on that top defenseman pairing him and Adam Larson, excuse me, Adam Larson have done excellent work for Seattle at that top D pairing spot and really have been the best two defensemen on this team hands down and again it really it, it makes the most sense for him to get a decent size contract extension uh, from this organization I think anything else is a little bit bizarre and a failure in a lot of ways so That taken into consideration, Bell picked Ezi Magbagor for her star of the week. It makes a lot of sense for her to pick Ezi, I understand it, um, to get Ezi back, to bring her back on a two-year deal, uh, to get her uh, a pretty substantial pay raise since Stewie will not be joining this team again. To see the potential that Ezi has, to see her really flourish in that starting role last year, gives you hope to what you'll see this year again. Ezi should be the starting center for the Storm this entire season. Unless something happens, knock on wood. So, that's where I imagine Bell would go with that. If not Bell, I apologize. That'll wrap us up for the technically the first week of February. Uh, until we see you next week, um, our Seahawks again kind of I know they had some some Pro Bowl stuff, but it's nothing really substantial to report. The Mariners inch closer and closer to spring training every single day. The storm continues throughout free agency. They will need to continue to build that roster. The Sounders will continue to gear up to their preseason and are going to look to finalize. I hope we get some news about that 18th friendly. Um, The Kraken will have four games to play over the course of the next week, so we'll get Kraken hockey back. The Rain are kind of getting closer Their uh, Preseason will finally get some schedule announcements up here quickly. Um, The Seahawks continue their preseason. All in all, things are getting underway. So excited to see that. Until we see you next week, take care of yourself. Be well. And do whatever do whatever you can to make t- today a great day.